Hey everybody, it's Stefan Barrett with Feed the Machine. Today we have Andy Orso from Envision. Andy joined Envision in the early days and shares their mission to solve the communication challenges people face when creating things like websites, web apps, mobile apps, everything to do with technology today for your business. That's today's topic on Feed the Machine! Andy, thanks so much for joining me on Feed the Machine. So I found you through Envision, and we'll get into what Envision is shortly. Um, but I was looking for a tool to help me communicate our design ideas at Second Form to our clients, um, and we found Envision. But first, I want to talk about your background. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, my background is in design. Um, I come from a, uh, I guess, you know, a self-taught design background, um, although I've had plenty of people along the way that have been the, you know, the ones that teach me. Um, but I had an agency background before coming to Envision. Um, so much like you, I was in the position of just doing design work all day long and trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way for me to present my design work to our clients? Because that's, I think to people that aren't in the design world, that's like maybe they don't realize how big of a question that is, but mm. uh, it's it's a big question. It's a big problem. So um, at some point I found Envision and then it became like this uh, this kind of daily need for the company that I was working at. Um, so it wasn't just me that started using it. It was our project managers and other designers. And um, yeah, before that, um, you know, background in photography as well, which has kind of informed some of the stuff that I'm doing at Envision now. And um, yeah, just kind of, I'm, I'm that guy that was in a band that started designing uh, album covers and show flyers and stuff like that, and then realized, oh, I could, I could, I could do this design thing on the side. Um, and then it became the design thing is the main thing. You know, it feels like so many origin stories with designers start out that way and they have these roots in photography, music. We really yes. use that right brain, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, in MySpace layouts, right? Ah. From, uh, back in the day, right? Taking us way back. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, actually, I was talking to our, um, oh boy, I'm going to botch his title. He might be our director of product at Envision, new guy that just came on. I found out yesterday that he used to work at MySpace. Oh wow! Back in like the MySpace heyday, so we have we have that horn to toot as well <laughs> over at Envision. And you know, talking about the early days, the early days of design for the web, I remember creating like a, a there was a a homepage mockup and a subpage mockup, and that's all you got, <laughs> and that was in Photoshop. And presenting that to the client uh, was very limiting. You know, and then mm -hmm. then it moved to a, a various uh, wireframes in in various forms, where there was tools where you could do digital wireframes, but they they had hot spots, and it was in a PDF document, mm -hmm. and it was closer, but it still wasn't a great representation for what we were trying to communicate or show to the client as far as what we're building. So, 
how does Envision think about the process of design and how are they trying to make it better? Yeah, so, well, I, I guess for the people that, that don't know what Envision is, um, I'll just kind of give a, a rough overview. Envision is a, it's a prototyping tool. Um, so it helps designers turn like static mockups into interactive mockups. Um, and it's also a way for people to just review design in context. So like you were saying, like everything used to live in PDFs and that's not where you actually see a website or an app. It's not in a PDF. It's on, it's in a browser or it's on your phone or now it's on your Apple watch. Um, so Envision helps kind of take your designs and put them in context and then be able to have a conversation around that stuff. Um, I'll stop there. But um, <laughs> So, you know, as far as what we're trying to do to, to help the design process is, um, you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I, I think it's really to help communication because design at, at its core is communication. I mean, like everything is communication. Um, and so I, I think what Envision does is it helps communicate um, these ideas properly. So in, instead of living in the world of, of PDFs or long email threads and things like that, um, we're kind of removing the clutter and removing the barriers to having a, a constructive conversation about the design instead of making people work through the tools to have those conversations. Um, and, and what, you know, what we realize is like the design process is this really long thing, right? It doesn't start with once you've jumped into Photoshop, there's a ton of stuff at the beginning of figuring out like why you're going to be designing this thing. Um, and then collecting information and inspiration and that kind of stuff. And then eventually you get into Photoshop or sketch and that's where that's where the envision part takes place. Um, so what we're looking at is like, you know, how do we make that the part that we currently do great? Um, how do we make that as seamless as possible and easy for designers to just do good work and not have to worry about um, and have to wrestle with the tools as much? But then also acknowledging the fact that there's like this big chunk up at the front of the design process that we don't have as big of a hand in as we would like and then also this big chunk at the end of the process which is once design moves into development stuff like that um, how can we help designers and developers work together better also and then you know once that stuff all loops around and the snake eats its own tail again and we're back to you know updating the designs that we worked on five months ago if that makes sense <laughs> Well, it does. And you, what you've outlined for me is the really challenging scenario of, of the entire process where, like you're saying, it's a communication challenge overall. Um, removing the barriers inside of that is so critical, especially when you're working with, um, let's call it either a product owner or a client, mm -hmm. where you're trying to communicate design concepts, uh, so that they, sh you're, you're basically showing them the value of what you're planning. And yeah. I think what's, what's interesting to, to me of what you just said is that front part and that end part where now we're going to help either ease the, um, the process of coming up with design and then 
what you might consider implementing design. Uh, tell me more about that. Like, it sounds like a roadmap scenario of what Envision wants to move into. Yeah, well, you know, and gosh, I hope I don't get people coming back from the company saying, I can't believe you talked about that. Um, but I don't I don't think I am. We we just released um, this new basically version of Envision, which is called V5. And um, along with that, we announced a little bit of a roadmap. We haven't really had a um, a public roadmap just because I don't know. I personally, I'm I I'm kind of split on that subject. If you're a SaaS product and you have a public roadmap, it's like ooh, I don't know. We could do a whole episode on that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> are, you, but we, are you saying it's it's dangerous to put something out there that could change? I it's dangerous to put something out there that could change. Um, if if you're in a highly competitive field um it's it's dangerous to give you know other people like oh here's what our competitors are going to be working on for the next six months and and then i you know in some respect and i i think definitely when you're a smaller company um you have the benefit of being able to move really quickly and so to tie yourself into like a six-month plan when you don't realize that something you know something is going to change three months out uh, somebody's going to release a new product or there's going to be a new um, set of expectations that users have all of a sudden because this other thing can do something um, that being I guess being really um, mm, I don't know uh, legalistic about your roadmap is where I get uncomfortable mm. um, and I people love structure and, and and I love structure so the idea, the com- idea of the comfort of a roadmap is really nice. It's like, oh, look at we have this thing, and we're going to go do that. Um, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing is is static, right? Nothing really remains the same. And six months out, every, so much stuff has changed. I don't know, but I'm I'm that guy. So I'm like, I'm your quintessential designer. I I, I am not the most organized person. I married a project manager. <laughs> So it's like, that's just me, right? That's, that's one, one man's opinion. Um, but anyways, Envision, uh, yeah, as far as what we're working on coming up, it, it really does um, start to push us out into those, um, into those areas of before the design gets started. Um, I, I don't want to say too much about the features, but uh, we'll definitely be providing people um, the opportunity to do better stuff as far as collecting inspiration or um, ideas before beforehand um, that they can present to their team or present to their clients. Um, and then we're definitely working on some stuff that will help inform the development process, um, whether that's, you know, for handoff or to maybe better communicate how animations will work in a UI after the fact, um, that kind of stuff. There is a, uh, there's a, there's a list on one of our blog posts on the announcement for this V5 that lists out the different chapters of this release. So, um, we just released chapter one and there's five chapters. And, um, if I'm, if I'm fast enough, I could probably pull it up and, uh, (laughs) and look at it. Well, while you're doing that, I think 
you know, it seems to me design happens so much in isolation at times. And there's, it's almost like there's a tension out there between the designer and sharing these concepts uh, in a way that uh, you can get maybe it's real-time feedback or, or near-time feedback is something um, that you can form or, or have a team help you with. But like, there's a tension between that and, and going off in isolation and doing stuff and then working through it and coming back with, here's the master plan, you know, the, the genius mm-hmm. moment. Um, I think tools like that or just having a way to facilitate that process um, in a way that's faster um, is really needed in the world. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think most of the problems are at least the times that, you know, you lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the day and you go, oh, I really, I really blew it (laughs) It, with design today. Uh, Most of the time it's because that communication broke down at Mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. Um, You or you, you went off. uh, I think so. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the company Wistia. Um, for video hosting. We use them at Envision for all of our video stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have a term uh, that is called forest gumping. (laughs) And that's just when you go and you just run in a direction by yourself um, and don't tell anybody about what you're doing. And forest gumping is not a positive term. Ah. Uh, So I, I would say, yeah, you know, like I think what ultimately what we're trying to do on a large scale is just improve that collaboration aspect within design. Um, whether it's yeah with your team before you start a project or if it's with your clients in the middle of it, um, where you have real time design meetings inside of Envision. Um, that's that. Have you used Live Share? That's what I'm talking about. It's yeah, a feature we, we have, have. Live Share. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, I came on right when we were developing LiveShare. So it wasn't out yet. I think my first day we had a design stand-up and um, they were using LiveShare and my head just about exploded. (laughs) Um, Of course, now it's just kind of commonplace. That's the fun thing about working on a product, the stuff that is just amazing one day. Um, Eventually you get used to it and you go, oh, how how can we improve on that? Or how can we push the envelope with that or you know, keep on making it better. Yeah. And it becomes something where you, you almost say, how could I, how did I ever get a, a around or live without this? You know, so you, you turn to rely on it in almost everything you do. And, and these types of tools or the, the, the way technology advances, how we do design, I think it's there. I think we're, it's really like a golden age for design. I feel. Yeah. I think we're headed into it. I think that it's it's def. I, I'll just say this: I, I think that design still has a long way to go in like the overall um, uh, consciousness, collective consciousness of business as a whole. But yeah, I definitely think people are getting on getting on board with realizing the importance of design. And I want to unpack that idea a little bit with. Um, you know, design seems to have come so far. You've got companies like Apple and Google who Apple traditionally leading as a design driven company. I read an article last week saying that Google now is out designing Apple. And, you know, I think more and more companies are championing design and, and now there's a seat 
for design and the lead design at the the C-suite table. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, you know, I'll talk to to clients who don't even understand um, maybe the design process or why we should go through and try to um, follow a process of design that helps us reach a certain outcome. What do you feel like is going on out there? Well, yeah, I mean, in the in the design focus space and like the product space, you mentioned Google. Um, I I think material design is such an interesting concept. Um, I think they're doing a really really great job, and I think it's going to be really interesting to watch that and see how that ends up informing um, just design decisions uh, on a whole new level. I feel like because. If you log into Envision, you can see a little bit of of material inspired UI in our app, mm-hmm. and that's something that's already happening just by them saying, "Hey, here's a really thoughtful way of thinking about UI design and relationships and different things that you can uh, different affordances on the page." Um, so I think that's really interesting, but. Uh, we just have we have all of these new tools coming out. I think design, like you said, design it's having design is definitely having a bit of a moment. Um, you have Sketch, you have Photoshop, you have Affinity, you have all these new tools coming out. So there's a lot more competition happening um, from the people that support designers, which in turn I think helps designers do better work. Um, and then, but like you said, there's there's this other side, which is the the interpersonal side of design. So whether you're working with clients or um, working with your team, I think there's still a lot of room for for designers to get get better at communicating why design is important. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where part of my hesitation around like um, saying that design is completely in its golden era quite yet is um i think it's on its way definitely and um i i think that oh boy i sound like such a um, self-promoter right now but (laughs) but i do think that tools like envision um help give design that that top billing within a company because back when i was doing agency work you know you'd go we would start working with a new client and just just the act of hearing someone say, hey, can you send us over an Envision link, um, you know, warmed my heart <laughs> after <laughs> after going through clients saying, hey, can you send me a PDF? And then they would print it out and look at it. Um, I think that, yeah, giving people better opportunities to um, to experience design also improves their perception of like the value of design. Um so, yes, I I'm, I feel like I'm totally rambling, but um, it's I, I I'm just beating beating the drum, I guess, of of communication being the main thing that um, we need to do as designers to to improve the way design is perceived by others. Well, yeah, and I totally agree with that. I think. To me personally, the communication starts with the process. And I feel like so much of the process is, um, is almost kept 
to the designer or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not shared up front where part of what I want to do is help people, business leaders, essentially understand why design is so critical for innovation. And it might not be innovation necessarily for the world, but maybe it's innovation for that particular company. Um, because it feels like I go in, in some situations and an understanding of what design is, is trying to do or what we're trying to do with that process, um, is unknown. And some Mm -hmm. people take, take us on faith and say, you know what, I don't get it out front, but I'm going to trust you, (laughs) you know, um, and I'm going to pray it works. Um, and some people understand up front, you know, more of what we're talking about or, or maybe what the, uh, the process is going to give us, but how do you feel like, um, people understand what the design process is even? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, a tough one because you have a client, let's say you get a new client. Um, they've either never worked with a designer or design agency before so they don't really know what to expect or they've had experiences in the past and as much as we want to believe that all designers everywhere are are really wonderful thoughtful people um, the amount of people that actually walk a client through what that process looks like is very slim so I mean I, I think that yeah, I think it's important to communicate that process. Um, I don't. I, I my experience at an agency was uh, was definitely, admittedly, subpar in that in that process. And I think I felt the pain a lot um, on projects when things would just totally go sideways, <laughs> out of nowhere. And um, I think that definitely roots into kind of a lack of trust. Because you're not building trust with that client by involving them in your process. I think that's the that's the one of the huge benefits is they actually see the value of what you're doing because you're involving them. Um, I guess it's like you know if you're going to pay five hundred, no, let's say two thousand dollars for a, a custom piece of furniture, mm. you might at the front of it look at that price tag and go, mm, I could just buy a chair from IKEA. But if you're actually in the workshop watching that person go through all of the insane amount of effort that it takes to just make that chair, you realize that that $2,000 price tag is totally warranted and completely worth it. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's a, there's a book that really transformed how we do design. Um, it's Lean UX by Jeff Gothelf. I think I pronounced mm-hmm. that right. He's going to be on the show and <laughs> uh, in, in a coming week. So I'm really excited to talk to him, but you know, something like that where lean UX, it's like, okay, design is an activity and it happens with the client and the end user, not in a vacuum where, you know, let's do a Skype call with the, the client and talk about the user and then say, okay, well, after 30 minutes, I know everything I need to know. I'm going to go create this entire experience and have it all ready to go and then then i'll show you mr client or mrs client and then you know let's build it if you think it looks great yeah well i mean the problem with that is one we haven't showed it to any type of of person that would be representative of the user um so we're we're still in a vacuum we're still guessing 
Um, and we haven't done it in a way where we can rapidly uh, test our ideas. Um, so uh, it, it's an interesting perspective on how things have changed from the old way, let's call it, to the mm-hmm. new way. Um, how do you guys navigate that internally? Do you guys um, do you guys look at things like that? Yeah, we do. I mean, it's so we're in a in a pretty big moment of growth at Envision. Like I was um, employee number twelve uh, a year and a half ago, and we just hit a hundred this week. I think. Wow. Um, and so there are definitely big challenges as far as um, you know being able to get everyone on the same page, uh, being thoughtful about how does this, how does this design decision affect other teams? That's something that definitely comes up as you, you know, internally as you're working on a product. Um, but I think that, um, I think kind of going back to like what you were just talking about, about involving clients is that it's really, it's one thing when you're working on a product with your team and you're all kind of you all kind of know that in a sense you're sort of winging it yeah. <laughs> um, and you're just trying to figure out what sticks and what works and then you can go and validate with users and, and kind of get some gut checks but at least the way business has been done on the agency side for so long is that uh, is it okay for me as a designer to to admit that I might not have the right design here, even though I just, you know, spent a bunch of the budget working on this design. Um, I, I think that's one of the reasons why on the, the client services side that the process can still be kind of a, a mystery because mm-hmm. it's, it's a little scary to expose yourself and to say, um, I mean, I, I have this weird opinion that sometimes it's a designer's job to be wrong. Yeah. Um, and that feels really uncomfortable. <laughs> and you want to make sure that you're like, uh, how do I communicate that to a client? Right. Like you're paying me, you're paying me to be wrong. Um, that I, I have, I don't have answers for that, but, um, well, I think that is one of the biggest challenges because clients buy home runs. You yeah. know, and when you buy a home run and you, and then, well, we struck out three times, you know, it's like, okay, what, <laughs> what did I spend my money for? I think that goes yeah. back to part of the communication scenario overall. It's like yeah. design has to change from, uh, this is going to a hundred percent work out of the gate to let's, let's learn together so that we can continue to eventually get it right. Well, like you said, it's mm-hmm. almost like. Well, let's find all the ways it doesn't work so we don't make those mistakes in the future. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, how we, how we do that at Envision, we've, we've started building out our research team. Um, so one of our guys, Stephen Olmstead, heads that up. And he does a really great job of connecting with people in the design community and just being really... Uh, that stuff takes a lot of work, mm. right? To actually sit down with people and walk them through something and listen to their feedback and thoughtfully <laughs> process it and and figure out, okay, where are we going right here? Um, what needs to change? That kind of stuff. So um, we're, we're working on doing uh, an even better job of that process at Envision. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a 
it's a challenge. I I'm I haven't been involved uh, in a lot of user testing sort of scenarios, but it's fascinating to me, and I have a ton of respect for the people that do it because um, I know that it's I know that it's really challenging. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, I agree. I think it's so it's almost undersold today, where the value that you can. Uh, um, obtain from those interactions, which is why you guys, I'm sure are building out a strong team around it. Um, mm. can be so, can move a product so far forward. Um, you know, we're, there's more tools out there now that, um, even something like Hotjar, you know, something that allows you to gain feedback, uh, near real time, um, just off of user behavior. You know, this is after mm-hmm. a product is live and you're, you're, you're sitting with it. Um, stuff like that, I think helps facilitate some of those processes, but, you know, we've always taken an approach where we want to sit down with a live person. If we can do that in person even better. Um, but if we have to, you know, a Skype conversation is great and let's dig in so we can have an interaction more, more than just, okay, well, we've watched somebody, you know, go from screen to screen and they didn't know we were watching (laughs) Right, right? And we learned as much as we could from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, so. I was at uh, the Smashing Magazine conference um, last year in New York, and uh, Aaron Walter from Mailchimp was teaching a um, a workshop on just kind of UX stuff. I think it was like a UX boot camp, and he was talking about different ways that Mailchimp um, makes people care. Uh, so he was talking about user testing and the pain, the intense pain of watching somebody try to do something in your app and completely fail. <laughs> um, and and he had this story of just like, it doesn't take much um, to affect change within your company in regards to uh, introducing testing because you can bring in a team of engineers or designers and put them, you know, behind the glass or show them a video of somebody using the app and totally, totally, utterly failing to complete a task. And you don't even have to say anything. And then they all leave and you see them huddled in the parking lot outside the office talking about that. And that was the story that he shared and just like how you have to make people care by any, by any means necessary. And um, especially if you're trying to like affect internal change on a product, or you have um, a client who might not, might right like might not see the value of certain aspects of design. I think moments like that can be really powerful in changing people's mind about design. Also, like yeah, showing showing someone totally failing, or if we just change this, this, and this look how easy that was and and look how much more successful this could be. It's true. And I think when you remove barriers when it comes to, to products overall, and I consider our website today, a product, I mean, websites now are becoming more and more complex. They're like uh, many software applications. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's proven if something is too difficult, even like if you want to watch less TV, just take the batteries out of the remote. Yes. If the batteries are still sitting right there next to the remote, you'll end up watching less TV because 
the four seconds it takes to put the batteries back in <laughs> proves to be a little too much effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you remove these kind of roadblocks, I think it makes sense. And you mentioned the idea of getting people to care. I want to circle back at what you do at Envision because it feels like you're part of that team that leads some of that communication and uh, evangelism. What 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 roles do you play at Envision? Yeah. Uh, so I I <laughs> I play some weird roles at Envision. Um, I like I said I got hired I got hired to Envision um, as one of our product designers, and I worked on the design team for um, a good handful of months, and then. And then it turned out like I was okay at writing blog posts and I was okay at putting together videos for, you know, our new features. Um, two things that I had actually never done before, but was, was asked to by our CEO Clark, uh, which I'm super thankful for because, um, just the act of being asked to do something that I wasn't comfortable with, I would say completely has changed the trajectory of my career. Um, and has expanded my skill set a ton. So what I do now is um, I'm on our marketing team primarily, and I focus on creating, um, uh, kind of leading the charge on how we use video uh, as a company. So I create a lot of um, educational video content for our users to figure out what's the best way to use the app. Um, I also create a ton of videos for teaching people better ways to use their tools. So with Photoshop and Sketch, I've been doing a new series that we're calling Design Snacks. And um, those are just short videos that we toss up on YouTube that cover a range of, of topics, but usually focused on improving somebody's workflow with their tools. Um, and those have been really fun and have been really well received so far. Um, and you know, alongside that, writing uh, writing new feature announcements, um, helping manage our marketing releases around product focused stuff. So um, so there's there's definitely a number of hats that I wear and a bunch of other hats that I've worn in the past, including um, I was one of our community managers for a while. I've done a lot of support. Um, and some people are probably listening to this going, Gosh, that guy like either just doesn't know what he wants or <laughs> or what. But um but I have truly loved the experience because I have such a better knowledge of how the different teams work on the company. Um and how it, just specific insight into you know, when team X makes a decision in a vacuum, which I have been a part of, but I've also been a part of this other team that's affected by that decision. Um, I feel the pain of of the other team. So my empathy for um, just all of our different teams has been really increased because I understand what they do a lot better. Well, yeah, and it sounds like you've taken the the, the skills that you brought with you when it comes to design um, and use those to affect all of these different roles. And I understand the the mini hat scenario you know this is a we we have a, a small team as well so it's easy to wear a lot of different hats but i, I mm -hmm. want to touch on the marketing piece uh, for a few minutes because i feel like 
some of the things that um, are involved in the process of design, specifically learning, is so integral in a marketing campaign. I wanted to get your perspective on what you guys do to um, to to actually set a course for growth based on the content that you create. Yeah, um, I think part of my personal philosophy, wow, philosophy, um, is to just be as helpful as possible. People sometimes get wrapped up in um, you know different motives for creating content, but we've definitely found that the more helpful we are, um, the better the marketing performs. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of our most viewed and most successful blog posts are, um, you know, things teaching people how to do stuff. Like I, I wrote a post about how to create awesome animated GIFs in mm -hmm. seven steps. Um, oh yeah, that, that's another weird, weird skill that I've acquired while working at Envision. Um, <laughs> I've, I've become known for my animated GIFs. So, um, you know, that's one of our, our top performing posts and it, and it goes to speak to the fact that I think people want to learn and they want to be making themselves better. So that's one of the things that we definitely try to do. Um, and we also have seen a lot of success showing people that kind of behind the scenes look at how other companies work. Um, thankfully, we have a lot of really, really amazing kind of high profile customers that um, are willing to let us come into their offices and ask them questions and take photos. And those inside, we call those inside design articles. And um, those people love those. There's just something about getting to peek inside, you know, how somebody works at Netflix that makes you feel like you have, uh, you've stepped inside some room that like you're not supposed to be there. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know some, yeah, some split between just being really helpful or providing people a unique experience that they can't get elsewhere um, are two really, really big, really powerful things I think from the marketing side. Yeah. I'd say that to me, that's the definition of high value content overall. And it's, it's like that story that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm really curious, um, about what you're doing over at second form because I've poked around a little bit on your site, but, um, I would just love to hear it from you, what, what you're up to and what challenges you are facing as far as, um, design goes and, uh, the kind of stuff that you're thinking about right now. Yeah, well, I, it's, um, it's a personal passion of mine to help people, uh, create what I consider, uh, a better organization. Um, and so riding this wave of technology, um, riding this wave of design, two things that I, I'm passionate about, um, we're using those to help people create stronger, faster, more reliable organizations. Um, and technology is the piece that I feel can enable us as humans to do more um, and, to, and to have higher touch to extend basically our human qualities out into the world. Um, so we, we do that with, with organizations. Um, a lot of them are, are businesses that want to make a bigger impact. Mm. Um, and the challenges around that are, 
or actually a lot. I mean, it's, it's the scenario of going backwards into where design for digital started, um, of, you know, having, having maybe not the right tools or maybe not the best way to work with somebody remotely, or, um, even, even to the, the idea that design as an, as a, as an activity, as a process wasn't fully fleshed out or something that was, um, was well understood. So I feel like that's that's still part of the hurdle of of moving design forward into that golden era that you you talked about. And we we ranted on. Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you get it to that place where um, we don't have to question? Well, should we do this? It's more mm-hmm. so. How, okay, now that we know that we should do that, it's well understood. How are we going to traverse this? How are we going to move forward? Yeah. Sounds like you approach it pretty holistically. We try to, um, because I feel like that, you know, there's a side of me that's very entrepreneurial that loves the idea of how we can, uh, grow a business. Um, so it's like, okay, we can come in and, and affect all levels. It doesn't just have to be marketing. Let's say it could be, how can we get our internal team to work better together? Um, how can we create systems that our uh, processes rely on that are more efficient. Um, and then obviously in the marketing side, how can we communicate better? How can we listen better? Um, I think all of those things have been affected by technology. Um, and that doesn't even account for how can we help our customers do something that they uh, rely on today faster? Mm. You know, and now you've moved into the entire app space of the world, you know. Yeah. Um, hailing a taxi wasn't invented by Uber. <laughs> Uber just made it a lot faster. <laughs> yes. So I mean, those types of things are the things that that I'm personally interested in and um, trying to figure out. And I, I'm lucky enough to have a team that I can work with to figure out how to do that for other people uh, every day. So then, um, you know, we're coming close to time. Uh, I want to, I ask this question of everyone we talk to. I'd love to hear your perspective on three pieces of advice that you can give people to help them design a stronger, faster, more reliable organization using technology. Mm. Um, all right. Let me think about that. Um, I, I'd say the using technology part is there's just a really basic aspect to that, which is let people use the new stuff. Um, if, if you can make investments into your team by letting them be curious about things and, okay, we're, we're going to spend $30 and download that new app or we're going to get an Apple watch for the office so we can understand how that works. Um, if, if you're working in an area where that type of stuff is going to produce better results for you, I think that's just kind of like a, a basic good investment. Um, it also just gets people excited, <laughs> which is always nice. Um, and then you know, I think that like, like we've been talking about, um, finding ways to improve communication within your like within your company or amongst your different teams is going to go such a long way in improving um 
people's work experience, just like their overall happiness. I know that I find myself always boosted when I have new and better interactions with different people that I work with that I might not communicate with all that often. Um, so even if that is installing a, a team chat solution like Slack, um, that's been a huge thing for us at Envision because we were using Skype for probably way too long mm. and then finally made the switch over to Slack. And um, it makes it so easy to connect with people and, and jump into different teams if need be um, without having to be invited to something or, or whatever. It gives people a proactive way to make sure that they're um, still in touch with the people that they need to be in touch with. Um, and then, boy, third, use Envision. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... I don't know as far as as far as technology goes um just making sure that you're investing time into figuring out what really works for your company um it's scary to change um to change processes uh or to develop processes and but sometimes you can just see such big gains and if people walk away from work at the end of the day feeling better about what they do or where they work because the people they work for care about them um, and they show that by investing in things that make their jobs better, then why not, you know? No, I think that makes sense. Awesome. Uh, tell everyone where they can find out more about you and Envision. So you can find out more about me uh, on Twitter at, at Andy Orso. Um, same thing for Envision. Uh, we're tweeting a lot at, at Envision App, and then EnvisionApp.com is our site. Uh, I really recommend you check out our blog, uh, and then also check out the product as well if you're doing any type of design work or if you're hiring designers and they're not using Envision. Um, go tell those people that you're working with, uh, hey, can you send me that in an Envision link? Um, because it, it really will improve improve that design process um, and also you can find me at um, a, a side project I've been working on called startupvideocourse.com um, that's something that I that has kind of sprung out of the stuff that I do at Envision so I'm teaching people how to make better product videos very cool Andy thanks so much for your time appreciate the conversation yeah thank you so much Feed the Machine is a podcast created to help you design a faster, stronger, and more reliable business with technology. If your business needs help in that area or you have questions about how to do that, reach out to us at hello at secondform.com. Also, if you love our show, please give us a rating in iTunes to help us reach more people like you. One thing before we get started, um, it's kind yeah. of our calling card. We're, we're asking our guests to say, feed the machine in whatever fun, funky, you know, <laughs> give me an impersonation of your favorite actor. <laughs> so uh, if you want to participate, we'd love it. I can hit record and then you just give me your best feed the machine. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Um, let's, let's, I'm going to start with something really calm and nice. Feed the machine.
Wow, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That was like... uh, that was like a little bit of Bond meets what would you do? How would you describe that one? I, it's it's some somewhere in between British narrator and maybe South African or Australian. I don't know. <laughs> we just made something uh, up new that never existed before. <laughs> yes. Maybe that means it's a New Zealand accent. Ah, okay.